This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. I'm your host, James Taylor, and in this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, I'll be talking with Matt Aston, president at GPRS, about ground-penetrating radar services, including its applications in concrete scanning, utility locating, video pipe inspection, leak detection, and laser scanning services. It's now time for our Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week with Matt Aston. Matt, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thanks, James. I'm looking forward to uh, talking with you today. Before we dive into the technicalities of ground-penetrating radar services, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what led you to start a company specializing in concrete scanning, utility locating, and related services? Yeah, so that was that was not the goal, you know, going through... Uh, through college. I went to college for my degrees in finance. I, I thought that I wanted to you know, work in a tall building in New York or Boston or Chicago at some point. And uh, yeah, things, things changed along the way. I, I started out, I had a, a corporate finance job as an investment analyst for a large company here in Toledo, Ohio, where I'm from. But you know, life, life changes. And uh, yeah, my wife was a teacher. She called me at work one day, said she was pregnant. And we'd only been married a couple of years. I, I was still pretty young. I was 24. And uh, I talked to my dad. Uh, I, I realized that the corporate life was not for me. So I talked to my dad about going into business with him. When I was about three years old, he started a concrete cutting company. So uh, concrete cutting, core drilling. And uh, we went out to lunch and talked about me going into business with him. And about a week later, he came back to me and said, hey, I really think you should do something on your own. And in, uh, in that conversation, he gave me this magazine. And the magazine was Concrete Openings. It's an industry publication. And there was an advertisement for a company called Geophysical Survey Systems uh, out of New Hampshire. They were advertising this ground-penetrating radar. And one of the applications they identified in this advertisement was helping the construction industry find electrical conduits uh, in the path of saw cutting. And I knew from having helped on my, on my dad's projects through high school and college, it just seemed inevitable that if there was a trench laid out where concrete was going to be cut, electrical was probably going to be in, in that, right. uh, in that trench at some point, And they were going to shut something down. So, um, that was really uh, the basis for starting GPRS with that kind of singular application in mind. So I went from corporate or didn't want to be in the corporate world to creating your own business. And, and you've grown that obviously over, over time. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later. But for those that don't know, can you talk a little bit about uh, video pipe inspection, how that works and in what scenarios it's most useful? Yeah, so that, that, that's one of the applications we've gotten into, uh, one of the service lines, I should say, we've gotten into a little more recently. So what we primarily use video pipe inspection for is to look inside sewers. And there is a, with the uh, increasing prevalence of directional boring, 
there is an increasing problem in sewer systems where sewers are bored through without anyone really ever knowing about it. And it can lead to you know, real problems. So we'll use not only for inspection of the, the quality of the pipe or the material on, on the inside of the, of the sewer system, it also assists with, with locating uh, the pipe itself, but also to look for cross bores um, b- before those cross bores lead to you know, further problems like uh, potential collapse or sinkholes that, that could result as a, as a result of you know, the, the, the pipe right. being right. Uh, compromised. So that's one of the things you guys do. I know for myself, um, been seeing using utilizing video pipe inspection a lot more, um, especially on uh, redevelopment projects, and seeing that hey, we really need to know more about our uh, our infrastructure that's around us besides just you know here's the the size of the pipe and here's the inverts that we might get from a typical survey. Um, it kind of dives into that a lot further of getting a, a condition of what's that pipe look like. You know, is it in good shape? Are we going to run into issues a couple of years down the line where it might actually be failing? That, that's something that I've seen um, of of how that that video pipe inspection services works out pretty well. That's it. I mean, that's uh, we've got uh, video pipe inspection available in about thirty cities, you know, throughout the country, and uh, yeah, it, it's 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 hugely important as we look at this aging infrastructure problem that we hear so much about. That that is that that's a real issue. That if left unattended to, it can create some real problems that are unforeseen and extremely costly. So you talk about that's that's one service that you guys provide. Let's talk about something else: um, leak detection related to uh, infrastructure, and that's kind of a, cru- a crucial piece as well. Can you explain the technology behind it and how GPRS improves upon traditional methods? Sure. Uh, so the the method we use is acoustic and. I would say uh, this is as much art as it is science. So, you know, we, we have a process where, you know, we listen, you know, we, we clamp onto the pipe and we, we, we listen for you know, flow you know, through and, you know, then we can, we've got very good at uh, you know, determining you know, where, where pipes are, are leaking. And we are seeing, you know, really across the country, yeah, as we, again, this, this aging infrastructure problem. Look at some of these older cities and the water systems, and uh, there is a shocking amount of water loss, not, not just within municipalities, but even within private facilities. As we look at you know, manufacturing plants or universities, you know, uh, hospitals, you know, some of these critical facilities, and there is a, uh, we, we've been shocked. It, we, we've been into leak detection for about three years now. And uh, we are shocked at, at what we've seen, um, just the magnitude of some of the water loss going on really all throughout the country. This has been a huge problem that we're, we're helping to solve now. Is, is water the biggest one? I'm guessing water is the biggest one that you guys are looking at for leak detection. It's, it's all we do. Yeah, it's, 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 the only, it's the only leak. We don't, we don't perform any gas leak detection surveys. It is, we are, as far as leak detection is concerned, we are entirely focused on water. Laser scanning services are also becoming increasingly popular. How does this technology benefit your clients? So we got into laser scanning just a few years ago. Uh, I actually founded a, a company called TruePoint Laser Scanning, co-founded, I should say, okay. uh, years ago uh, in, in 2014. And 2022, we, we, uh, we bought 
GPRS bought TruePoint laser scanning. I had given up my, my ownership. Um, a good friend of mine that uh, he built the company and, and grew it. And we just recognized an opportunity to really bring the services together where, uh, so TruePoint laser scanning uses, you know, LIDAR, um, which gives precise measurement with using, using laser technology, uh, using point clouds to create you know, three-dimensional views of very complex space. And we think mechanical rooms, think refineries, um, right? any, any space where uh, it doesn't need, even need to be complex, but um, even, even for just general building purposes and laser scanning, it can give very precise measurements. Millions of points can be collected in just a, a short amount of time. And what we thought about was integrating laser services to map everything that we can see with our traditional ground penetrating radar, kind of the core service of, of GPRS. So we have been focused on you know, mapping the underground and then integrating it you know, with, with this LIDAR technology to create another dimension of, of a point cloud where instead of just having everything that you can see, we could integrate the, the GPR findings from below the surface or behind the wall into that point cloud because the laser will pick up whatever marks we make on the surface. And then we can use the technology within the software to you know, build in our findings from underground as well. Uh, so it just creates a whole new level of reporting and sophistication for uh, the BIM programs uh, that uh, can give a more complete picture of what you might find by using only laser. So let's talk a little bit about, we talked about some of these other services. Let's talk about ground penetrating radar services as a whole. What are they? How are they integral to construction and utility management? Because that's probably your bread and butter of what you guys do. It is the core of our business, yeah. So you know, GPRS, um, this year we'll do about $160 million in revenue, and about 80% of our business comes from ground-penetrating radar services. The other service lines, laser, leak, and video pipe inspection, those, those are newer in the last three or four years. But we have built this business on uh, our expertise with, with ground-penetrating radar. And I would say that it was really two uh, separate, I would say, focuses within GPR services. The first is within concrete applications, then the second is underground. And where we really started within concrete, I already mentioned talking about finding uh, electrical services within a slab uh, prior to saw cutting or core drilling. But we can also use it, one of our main applications now is laying out the exact uh, placement of reinforcing steel within a concrete slab. So if you had rebar that was placed uh, on an eight inch grid, we could easily have you drill a six inch hole you know, through that deck without touching any steel at all. We could also you know, use it to find voids that are just below, uh, below the surface uh, for concrete applications. And then on the, on the underground side, Really, our focus is utilities. Um, the, the vast majority of our underground applications business comes from finding uh, underground utilities prior to an excavation. But there's also some other applications. 
voids, uh, finding underground storage tanks. Those are those are some of the uh, other applications that we use with with GPR. But that is the that is the core of our business. Yeah, I know for myself <clears throat> as a civil engineer, we've been using more of the GPRS, uh, especially with our redevelopment projects, because you really need to know what's going on underneath the surface. You can't just say, "Oh, we think there's a storm drain there." There's just so much out there on these sites that you're not aware of. There's usually very poor historical data uh, for what these things were. And we found that while not perfect, the GPR does help with identifying some of those risks up front. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, James. There's, so we, we will never tell you we will eliminate your risk when it comes to, to what's underground. But you know, through the use of the technology that we bring and now multiple technologies that, that we bring, we can absolutely minimize the risk that, that uh, anyone takes on when they're uh, you know, breaking ground or, or excavating, cutting through concrete. We can never eliminate, but we can absolutely minimize the, that, those risks. So let's switch away from the business side of things, or sorry, shifting to the business side of things. Share a little bit about the origin story of GPRS. I think you talked a little bit about that, but you grew that from a one-person thing got kicked out by your father, it sounded like, and, uh, you know, created your own thing. And then you're now a company with 800 employees. Yeah, just just shy of 800 people now. We've been extremely blessed. Um, it all starts with, with the team, right? So uh, I was fortunate. I did things a little differently. Uh, I hired my friends. I hired people I, I knew and that I, I thought I could trust and uh, that that served that that served me and the, the company extremely well um, I'd say one of the other areas that we were fortunate is is where we started you know we started in Toledo Ohio not a huge city about a, a half million people in the metro area so I realized early on that if this business was going to grow I was going to have to look outside of Toledo and Detroit's only 45 minutes north it's 10 times the size of Toledo and uh, was able to build up some more traction in that area you know, quickly. And I was able to start staying busy. And I found myself driving up to Detroit and Ann Arbor almost, almost every day. And I hired first employee. His name's John Kessinger. I'm proud to say he's still with GPRS today. Uh, he's just done a tremendous job for, for GPRS. And this is in 2002 and, he built us a website, and before Google was really well-known, a household name, there was this uh, service, this pay-per-click service for internet search called Overture.com. Hmm. And John built this website, and we found about this pay-per-click service and started paying for clicks to help promote the website. We were paying like 15 cents for a ground penetrating. If someone searched ground penetrating radar on Yahoo!, uh, back in 2002, um, we they clicked our site through this sponsored search. We'd owe Overture 15 cents. And um, we started getting calls from all around the country. And it was, it was, it was crazy. And yeah, we were early to mid-20s. And you know, why is this happening? Uh, you know, why do we keep getting calls from all over the United States? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just, I realized if they had someone local that they could find to do this, they, they, they would. So 
what we need to do is we need to start putting people in different cities all over the U.S. I was at a job in near West Palm Beach, Florida, and I was looking for a place to eat dinner one night. And I'm driving down A1A, and I saw crane after crane after crane, and every building was concrete construction. I saw the post-tension tendons out, yeah. hanging outside the end of the end of the buildings, and thought, this is this is ridiculous. We need to have someone here, and we need to put someone in every major market, you know, throughout the U.S. So. Uh, I developed a, a plan to, I would take myself out of the field. I was going to focus on growing the business. Um, at the time we had a few employees in three or four cities and uh, we're now in 54 markets across the U S it's, it's, we've got about 450 people in the field and uh, almost 800 people in the company now. Um, well, congratulations on that success. That's, I mean, that's obviously a huge, uh, a huge thing. You mentioned the 54 cities across the U.S. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, you had a, a different strategy when you first started um, to obviously there's a, a strategy now. So what in what ways has the company's growth strategy changed as it has scaled up? My strategy, I don't know if it was really a really complex strategy, but uh it was, hey, let, let's go build our footprint. Let, let, let's go get this in every every city we can. Before we worried about establishing depth in any one market, our strategy was, let, let's go wide. You know, we'll, we'll go wide. And then as the demand grows in these cities, you know, we'll add depth um, as, as, it, as we need to. And so we only had one person in New York city when we were looking to expand to Boston, we only had one person in Chicago when we were looking to expand to you know, Milwaukee or, or Indianapolis. So from probably 2000, I would say we started our national expansion effort in about 2006 or seven. And up until about 2013, we only had a handful of cities with more than one person, you know, serving, the industry. Uh, but now we've got a few markets where we have 30 plus uh, project managers in uh, out, there, out there every single day serving. So Southern California is our biggest market. Philadelphia is a huge market for us. Northern, Northern California, Seattle, uh, I would say largely it, it correlates with, with population where um, the bigger the city, the more people we have there. Right. It makes sense if, if you look at where construction dollars are spent. Generally, larger population centers would would, it would stand a reason that more dollars are going to be spent in those areas. Yep, makes a lot of sense. Can you tell us a little bit about your new initiative site map and what are its goals? What sets it apart from other services in the market? So you touched on it earlier. You almost took the words out of my mouth. <clears throat> oh no, that wasn't that was not intentional. I believe you said something to the effect of, you know, rarely do you find reliable records of, of what's underground. And, you know, we find that to be the case, you know, over the last 20 plus years, we've realized, you know, we work at a lot of the same facilities over and over and over again. And we were at a strategy planning session a few years ago. And you know, how can we really add more value you know, to our customer base? 
you know, what can we do to, we have the saying within our company called widen the gap. We believe that we've built a considerable gap between the services that we perform and, and others that perform the same. So how, what can we do to widen that gap? And you know, sitemap is really what, what came out of that meeting. And so everybody uses Google Maps or, or something similar you know, to get from point A to point B. So we thought, okay, what could we do to create something like a Google Maps for facilities? So think about big campuses, think about universities, think about hospitals, manufacturing facilities, entertainment venues. We could even extend this to municipalities. We could extend this to the utilities themselves with, with their network of infrastructure. And most of these facilities that we work on, there are, there are some exceptions, but most facilities that we work on have very outdated records. They have, it's rare that they have an accurate set of plans that are consolidated with all utilities together. You know, we often see, you know, water and sewer on one set of plans, gas on another set. We see electric. Yep. Um, then is everything that's on those plans accurate? Is everything, you know, was everything built as it was called out on, on those plans? Uh, have changes that have taken place over time been updated on, on those plans? I believe that, you know, many of these facilities have a 30-year employee who has knowledge of you know, infrastructure that, that that's present underground that that's not there is no record of that underground. historical piece of of yeah one day one we put something in here at some point in time right so what we want to do with sitemap is we want to bring all this together to create that that Google Maps for underground infrastructure for for these facilities for these campuses where we can show that consolidated view of what their infrastructure looks like at their site, on their campus. And at any time, they can go in and they, they can see everything that we've ever done uh, on, on that campus, all of our findings, when it was updated. So this line, this gas line, it's 32 inches deep, and it was marked by Matt Aston on November 27th, 2023. And the future state of this we want to bring augmented reality into the picture where they can open up our GPRS app, hover over the ground and see what utilities are present below, walk that line and, and trace it out, uh, you know, from origin to destination. Uh, uh, that sounds really cool. And, and something I'm sure you're going to see some success with, uh, as it continues to, to go out there into the market. Cause like I said, I, I did almost take the words right out of your mouth. Right. There's uh there's not stuff uh, available, um, and usually it's all in different places. And something that can bring that together um, would be something that's probably very very beneficial. Yeah, we see we see it as the, as the game changer within our our line of work. Yeah, and then you, you talk about incorporating the other services like like video pipe inspection and being able to have records of when the sewer was last inspected. Um, we, we can incorporate you know, point clouds into this and, and you know, put you know, BIM models into 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 sitemap. Uh, in the future, you know, we'll we'll do the same thing inside buildings as well. So it's not just underground infrastructure, but you know, what does the infrastructure look like you know, within 
uh, a mechanical room? What does the infrastructure look like you know, under under slab uh, or behind walls you know, with, within with some of these buildings as well? Coming and meeting the needs of uh, of those that that have this uh, exact thing. Yeah, we, we've tried to anticipate the need. You know, for so we we don't see a ton of the asking for this yet, but you know. If you go back a few years, you know, we didn't think that we would be ordering our groceries online and right. showing up at showing up at our house, you know, um, you know, within a few hours. And so, we're we're trying to be on, on that on that leading edge and uh, anticipate the needs of, hey, how can we make this better? How can we be on that leading edge? What what can we be doing to advance this service you know, within this industry to create more value? You know, for the construction community, for the facilities community, for the engineering community, uh, that, that that's really where we want to be. So it's definitely a little bit of a different um, <clears throat> a take on the on the field and, and something a little bit unique. But um, for someone that might be interested in this type of work, what advice would you give and how can they prepare for a career um, in GPR services? Yeah, thank you. Um, we... we <laughs> Our philosophy on, on people is, you know, I don't want to say that we don't care what your background is. We, 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 we do care, but um, it doesn't really matter to us where you come from. You know, our, right. our, our philosophy on hiring is you know, we hire character, and then we, we know if we have the right character, we can teach the skill. So uh, our, if you look at our my background is finance. I'm, I'm, I'm leading, right. a, I, mean, I shouldn't say my background. My education is in finance. My background's in, yeah, in, in GPRS now. I, I started it when I was 24 years old. Um, but uh, that, 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 that holds true. I, I'd say as we've grown over these last 20 years, I'm, I'm proud that our, our culture has not changed. Our, our culture is we want to be the biggest small company that we can be, we don't. Uh, we don't want bureaucracy. We don't want red tape. We don't want policy for the sake of policy. You know, we we promote based on you know, who shows a desire you know, for more and shows a capacity to be able to handle more than than, than what they currently have. And you know, that that has that has served us well. If you look at our leadership team, yeah, it it, it does it does vary. We've got people. Uh, you know, all throughout the company, we've got people that came through trades. We have people that came through uh, engineering. We also have people that came through, they were teachers before they came to GPRS. We have people that were in law enforcement that came to uh, GPRS. We've got a lot of people that came from the military and now work for GPRS. So backgrounds, backgrounds vary, but uh, we know that if we get the right people on the team, we can, we can teach the skill and, and teach them to be elite in uh, whatever their area of responsibility is. That's great stuff. I love it. It's about the culture, not necessarily about where you've, where you've been or what you know. It's about, it's about being the right people and the right, uh, making the right fit. And that's it. That's always the important, the important thing. All right. Now it's time for our CE hot seat segment of the week with Matt Aston. All right, welcome to the CE Hot Seat. Matt, you ready to go? I'm ready. All right, Matt, do you have any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning ritual, lunchtime ritual, things that you do consistently on a daily basis that contribute to being a successful professional? 
two things in the morning. Uh, yeah, start every day with a workout. It just helps me to get focused, helps me to be ready for the day, to get in that right mindset as I go into the office. And uh, started a few years ago, as I'm driving into the office, I shut the radio off and just take that time to, to pray. And uh, yeah, that, that's, I know there's 15 or 20 minutes in the morning that I have with no distractions, just quiet time. And uh, so that, that, that's how I, I started choosing to use that time a few years ago was to just uh, open up in prayer um, on the way to the office. And that has, uh, that, that's been a game changer for me personally. What is one book that you recommend to engineers regularly or just one book that you have found to be extremely helpful in your professional and personal development? So the, the best book that I've read, and this is not just for engineers, but I think this is for anybody in leadership, um, anyone in, in business, and it's called How the Mighty Fall. I think a lot of people have read the book Good to Great, and if you have, a lot of those companies that were featured in Good to Great, they didn't stay great very long. They, uh, you know, a few of them are no longer in existence, and if they are, they're you know, a fraction of what they were when that book was written. So How the Mighty Fall is a follow-up to Good to Great. It's by Jim Collins, and he tracks these five stages of decline uh, you know, for these once great companies and, and, and what happened to them. And it was... I remember reading that and I know I didn't put it down. I, I read it from start to finish and um, it was, it was almost like, like watching a, a terrifying movie where, Oh my gosh, I, I can see how you, how you could fall into this trap. And it was, it was the most powerful book that, that I've, that I've read. I'll need to add that to my list. That's a, that sounds like a great book. <clears throat> Thinking back on your managers of the past, picture your favorite manager and managers and what made them your favorite. So I'm a little unique. I, I've, I've only technically had two managers in, in, in my life, um, but I had, I've, I've had a few tremendous mentors and uh, none more so than, than my father. You know, I was, uh, you know, I, I mentioned I was 24 years old when I started GPRS, you know, really a pup, you know, <laughs> very, very green. And, uh, my dad was a seasoned business owner. He, he gave me the loan to get the company started. We were 50-50 partners until I, until I paid him back. And one of the best things that, that he did for me um, in those early years was he was very willing to let me trip and fall on my own. And if I went to him for advice, he would be happy to give it and help in any way he could. But... If I didn't go to him for advice, he would let me walk right into a trap and know that I would probably come to him for advice as I was looking for a way to you know, climb out of that mess that I, that I, I got into. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful, uh, yeah, grateful to him for, for many reasons. Um, just a tremendous example and uh, yeah, helping me start GPRS to, to, to begin with and seeing something in me that I probably did not see in myself at that time. But managers, um, I, I had two, they were both solid, but uh, and nobody holds a candle to what my dad has, has done for me. Yeah, and usually the family is kind of the, the one that, that takes that preference or that, that top spot. Um, 
when you can. I thought you'd have a little bit of a unique answer on that one, and you definitely did. And you know, it's great to hear that story about you know your your dad and and all that he instilled into you and, and really pushed you. Yeah. Um, I've got one final question uh, that is critical. <clears throat> that is the critical engineering career elevator advice question. That's a tongue twister. Uh, if you got into an elevator with a civil engineering student and had about 30 to 40 seconds with them, some career advice, what would that advice be? Don't stay in a job that you don't love. Uh, I think I think that's it for, for anybody. If you're, if you're not doing something that you love doing, either you know, find a path within that company to move into a, something that you think that you will love or you know, find a different different place to work. Um, if you, if you don't love what you're doing, you know, you're not, you're never going to be elite. You're never going to be able to do something at a, at a really high level unless you really love what you're doing. And I, I think that not just for engineering, for anyone who, who has some aspirations, you know, for leadership or for, for excellence in what they do. I love it. That's a, a great, uh, great piece of advice. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, where can our listeners connect with you or learn more about uh, GPRS? So I'm, I'm, I'm really easy to find on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, just search Matt Aston, A-S-T-O-N, and uh, GPRS. You'll, you'll find me easily. Our website is GPRSinc.com. So GPRSinc.com. Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. There, you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering endeavors.